This is Fintech Unplugged with Suresh Bajani and me, Robert Cornish. So Suresh, where where on earth have you brought me? I've got no idea. I I, I know we got on that train um, in in London somewhere, um, and we are now. It's pretty cold. I'm shivering here. Robert, we're in Manchester. Manchester. Now, I, I want to show you something that you you haven't ever experienced before. What we're going to go and see? Uh, what is it? Uh, is it the Beatles come from Manchester? <laughs> uh, there's definitely uh, some music around here. Isn't I know there? you get London and then everything else outside of London. Yeah. But we are talking about Manchester, not Liverpool. So ah, so this is like where Manchester United, the football team, play. Correct. You know, that's the most you know about football. Now look, come past this corner. Okay. Right? Yeah. Come here. Have a look. Look at that queue. Wow. That must be this. This is a comp. Obviously, the Beatles aren't around now, but maybe this is a concert for some new Manchester group like the Stone Roses. So, how many people do you count? Just tell me how many people do you count? Oh well, I, I can't even see the end of the queue, so it must be well over a hundred. Okay, what if I told you that not everybody's like you, Robert? Not everybody banks with coots, and these are people queuing outside a bank to open a, an account. Why would they be queuing? These are all students, yeah, and they are queuing to open a bank account because they're probably foreign students or new to the country, and this is what they go through regularly to open bank accounts here. Wow. So what, what on earth can anyone do about this? This is madness, isn't it? So the good thing, I wanted to show you this. And yeah. actually, there is a company we're going to see today. Have you heard of Arrow Money? Yeah, I do remember that name. They, they, oh, something going on in the press about they had they, they had this guy where um, he smokes a big cigar. He has big, big jacket, lots of chains. Churchill. Mark Millions. Ah, them. Okay. <laughs> So we're going to go and see them because this is everything that they launched was in relation to this. Was it? Let's just try Let's our do our normal stealth out. stuff. Yeah, we'll be subtle. You throw the brick, I'll run in. <laughs> it's Manchester, that's how you enter these Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go. Up those stairs. Yeah. And again. It's a long way. Where's the lift? Hello. Asim, it's us. What are you guys doing in Manchester? We thought we'll just drop by. We're not recording or doing anything that we shouldn't do. Do you have some time? Oh, yeah. Why not? Why not? It's lovely to see you, by the way. And I wonder whether you could tell me something about this thing that Suresh was showing me. That, that mm -hmm. there, there is a queue of well over 100 students trying to open a bank account at Barclays. Oh, how did that happen? So, I, so it means you guys have been to the Piccadilly Gardens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I've seen that queue every year. Oh, my God. This is, you know, what you guys don't normally see in London. Yeah. Because you've got a bank branch around every corner. Like, seriously, this happens every year. A lot of international students struggling and waiting outside. And by the way, let me correct you. They're not waiting outside to open a bank account. They're queuing outside to get an appointment to open a bank account. Oh, wow. It's even worse. <laughs> yeah. So, so what's wrong with the system? I think people are not aware of the digital banks and the you know advanced stuff so that's happening students coming so, in not getting properly educated about yeah, banking systems so a lot of people who are new to the country these international students they still trust the big brands like the Lois the HSBCs and Barclays so they want to open up an account in a big high street bank that's one of the issues and secondly why they are queuing up outside because most of the university 
you know material that is provided to them uh, will actually guide them towards these banks and they just don't know any other way how to open a bank uh, you know a normal bank account so so asim could you <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about arrow money mm-hmm. and mark millions and how you even came up with the name mark millions what exactly is it that you guys do so mark millions what mark stand for uh, i just came up with this name while i was on a motorway <laughs> on a motorway on a motorway with one of uh, my family members so this stand for m a mohammed asim and r q is my mother razia kasim so okay. that's how i came mark, up with yeah. mark and wanted to add a touch of you know finance and money into it so we attached millions why not mark millions yeah <laughs> that's Same how i name. came up with the name The second time we came up with millions is 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 what is that an entity? What is that? Yeah, it's an entity that holds uh, electronic money license. Okay. Is the principal member of Visa and is into you know digital banking platform. Okay. And white label solutions. That's what Mark means. Okay. How I came up with the uh, arrow? So we paid someone fifty thousand pounds to come up with four digits A R R O. Wow! Oh, you know, wow. me and Robert could have done it for forty-nine thousand. Nine hundred ninety-five. I would have preferred, you know, going another, uh, taking another journey on the motorway. <laughs> so don't, just don't tell our marketing agency um, Blue Train because <laughs> they might increase our prices. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why not? Uh, so le- just I'll slightly touch Arrow. So our, the whole purpose of Arrow was actually to solve the problem of opening a bank account instantly, meaning in under three minutes. How? Use technology, use KYC solutions, integrate uh, everything together, find the right partners, and do it. It w- I won't say it is uh, something you know very disruptive. Things were there. We just connected the dots and we created uh, a solution for a problem that was out there. But how did you experience the problem? I mean, did you just see these people and said we need a solution? Or I've got, I've got a serious hands-on experience with this issue. because when i came to this this country 5 years ago my favorite time pass for a few weeks was walking into these banks and trying to open up a bank account really that, yeah. that's what you did for pastime you <laughs> just like pastime. wandered into let, banks let, let me tell you why because number 1 i've applied for fca e money license waiting yeah. for the fca to get back to me which obviously takes months and months yeah i i love applying stuff so i applied for a provisional driving license sending away my passport Okay, so no so passport, no passport, no driving license. I just moved into my apartment, so there was no utility bill as well. So definitely, no one was opening up my account. <laughs> What did you learn from that experience? I learned from that experience that when I told them that I work for a financial institution, I am a self-employed director of a financial institution, financial regulators, they instantly said no. <laughs> Said no. You think it would to... be the opposite, wouldn't you? You think it would be yeah. yes. We want you. We want you. Well, like surprisingly, forget a uh, proof of address and ID and everything. Because you work in a financial regulated entity, they'll say no. You're a high risk to them. That's right. unbelievable. Right. Oh, actually, when I moved to UK, I would say, I w- I would say I had no idea. First of all, uh, how. the finance industry works exactly in the uk so i come from a uh, country pakistan where economy is mostly cash based all right okay and you're talking about this country where everything is shifting to cards and rings and stuff so i wanted to enter the remittance business because i had a lot of remittance background but when i came to the, into the country and experienced the problem of opening up a bank account and saw these queues outside 
I thought there is some real solution that can be put out there to solve this issue. And that's how I came up with this idea. I spoke to Alan, Jonathan and Mahmood, my co-founders. They thought it was superb. The only entrant uh, at that time was Cash Plus. Yeah. But the UX and UI was... Didn't too, work. It didn't work. So we, we saw an opportunity and we said, why not? Let's go for it. One of the things that we've been reading quite a lot about recently is that Mark Millions have been in the press. And normally, if an issue is in the press, it's normally kind of bad news. But what's the stuff I've been reading about you guys recently? What's kind of going on? There's a lot of changes happening. What's happening? Yeah, so there is some new development uh, that uh, I would love to share with you. Can you give us an exclusive? Yes, I can give you an exclusive, but I will not be able to share the name right now okay. because it's not been made public yet. I've been told there's a yeah. uh, one of the London branches of Dishroom has opened in Manchester. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. And I've not been there. You haven't been there? No, I haven't been there. So, so Asif, what about if me and Robert take okay, you there? Together. Right? Right. I'll take you in a dinner. private helicopter there. Uh-huh. Yes, I'll, I'll take you on a scooter. Right? Okay, okay. And all we ask in return is nothing, nothing at all that's so small, nothing. Mm. Which company is buying you? Oh my Just god. Just whisper it. It's oh alright. No, Think okay. about the Look, chicken tikka, the paneer tikka, the I, sauces, I, I the jalfrizi. The fish and chips. I think you know my love for food, I think. And you have used it in a very, very, you know, I can almost smart smell, all right, smell all right, I'll, I'll tell you the name. I'll tell you the name. So the company is called eToro. It's wow. the platform that actually involves themselves in social trading. They are operating in 165 countries. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. They're everywhere. You watch They're the everywhere. Premier League football game. They are all over the place. Yeah, I, I see eToro's uh, name outside black cabs, it, uh, on the buses. So I'm, I'm very glad that a company like eToro has I think that's going to be a very exciting uh, journey for Arrow now. Yeah, and, I, uh, well I think done. it's a big achievement for uh, the company. And not only that, they will add so much value to Mark Millions. They've got almost existing of uh, 5 million customers if i'm not wrong right uh, but uh, i'll i'll double check but they've got existing 5 million customers on their platform that are dying to get a debit card and immediately they will start issuing these cards to their existing customer that will take the company to the next level that's what this company really needed Amazing achievement to you and the team. Well done. Well Thank done. You. Thank you. We Cheers. could have done this but at the now, start, Robert, with but, the meal. But you're still taking me to the meal, all right? Absolutely. This is the interesting one. Are some fintechs, do you think, uh, exploiting financial inclusion to gain exposure for their products, but really not driven by inclusivity, but they're actually driven by profits and the inclusivity is something they're just like throwing in there as, a, as to try and win friends and influence people? I think... Uh, a lot of fintechs, uh, it's it's now common for everyone just to come up with a statement and say, oh, we are working towards the good and we are working towards financial inclusion and, you know, uh, and making sure that it's it's a good PR. It's a good PR thing. I, I would not deny. OK, I mm-hmm. have also used it a little bit, used it a little bit. but you, you actually had the right intention behind it. It, yeah. was, it so, had in, indirect consequences of, of helping. But the real question that I would really ask myself as well, are there too many people working towards the same direction? Is it too saturated now? Is everyone wanting to solve the same problem? I, I would ask that question to myself. I think, uh, I, I think we saw recently that the, the whole Libra project was allegedly founded on 
creating global fi financial inclusion and uh, certainly none of the regulators around the world bought that one, did they? I think the interesting thing with Libra, though, is, is it was regulators of established countries that had an issue with it. I don't think you had people that were... I don't know, Robert, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but were any of the... the developing, developing world. Yes. So does anyone in the developing world... Yeah, well, did, they, did they sit there and say, we are not doing this in, in, in Uzbekistan? Did they say, we are up in arms with this? I, I have only seen comments by what we'd call definitely first world regulators on this. US? And the US predominantly are the ones that have been outspoken against it. Um, and the French also, they were very uh, anti it. And so there's been quite a few negatives and uh, sort did of the, Did the French go on strike? Because that, that means they really meant it. <laughs> no, they didn't go on strike. But I, I, I think the key thing is that they have not believed that financial inclusion was the real driver. And I, and I think that reverberates across <laughs> Have you got a wind? Shh. The whole industry. Who will be acquired in the next two years and who will go under? I would say, I think a lot of people are again aiming to be acquired and take an exit. But let me, let me tell you something that I've been recently working on. So I was uh, studying uh, and writing a report on 2007-8 financial crisis and how yeah. the demise of Lehman Brothers and how it impacted the banks and stuff like that. Now, in today's time, uh, let me give you an example of VWorks, how the IPO failed, mm. how their losses have turned out to be 1.3 billion. Thomas Cook, we all know what went wrong there. The company almost got burst. Got burst. Uh, then uh, Loot, the recent example uh, of FinTech, what happened. So I, I see another panic in a in the money market happening soon i don't know how soon it will be so that soon can be months that soon can be you know uh, a few years as well but if panic starts to set in a lot of money market will stop the funding that means we see a lot of crowdfunding scandals would come out and that would mean that anyone who do not have a clear revenue strategy will go under Okay. A lot of people will go under. So there was a report today that the US debt has gone up and now is topping $23 trillion or around $70,000 per person of population in, in the US. Is that backing up what you're saying? Is this level of debt by countries like America sustainable in the long term? Or are we likely to have another financial crisis? So I think I think you have shed light on some really great statistics out over there. This is what I'm talking about. When when I talk when I learn when we learn from the mistakes in the past, like 2007, what was happening? Those of you know intelligently uh, engineered CDOs and derivatives, the way they were designed. So for a for a property worth one million, there was hundred million trading over the market. That's what was happening. You were multiplying the wealth by, you know, creating more commodities and stuff out there. That's exactly what we are doing right now as well. Increasing the debt, increasing the greed. And when the bubble actually starts to burst, a lot of this, a lot of people who are right, who will be at, at the end, you know, investing at that stage will be suffering from this. 
So, 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 Asim, when you talk about financial inclusion and you came to the UK and, and you saw this opportunity, I'm just thinking, did you overcomplicate it? Did you, like, you have came from Pakistan. I would sit there and say, if you wanted to do financial inclusion, why did you not do it in Pakistan? There's probably a massive market for that. Oh, yes. Why did I not do it over there? Let me tell you, I did go to the regulators. I did pre- presented a paper that I want to issue electronic money and work on it. And you know what they said? They said, why don't you go into UK and do this business over there? <laughs> I love it. That's exactly what they said. So are you going to bring it back now? This this year, in April 2019, they just issued the regulation for e-money. Wow. Uh, last week was the first e-money license granted. That was to you? A company called, no, that wasn't me. To a company called Forry. F-O-R-R-E-E. Okay. That was the first license. But that should have been How I want to approach it, I will be the technology provider to all the e-monies out there. Okay. That's how I want to approach it. Because what works differently over there, you will not be granted a go-live license or operational license until unless you have piloted the technology to the central bank. So before even going live to the customers, they would have to develop everything. They would have to showcase what they're offering. I'm assuming when this uh, deal goes through, Mm -hmm. you're going back to Pakistan to uh, take over the world there. Yes, that's one of my actually uh, upcoming, uh, I would say, goals. I've got very good contacts out there. My family has very established relationships over there and so should me and robert come over why not come on why i can not? grow my beard even more and then i, I think i, I can't grow a beard I'm, I'm just gonna be me. <laughs> i'll wear the flowery shirts oh come on you we... can do the beard just can't get it from the top oh he's so mean to me always robert trust me people from the north they look exactly white we just have to give you different pair a set of clothes <laughs> and you will just, <laughs> I you will just blend it <laughs> so we, we're gonna rock the market in fact i think you should give him like a a shalwa right? but with so many flowers and stuff <laughs> on it because otherwise all, all white plain white plain white. then you won't recognize him brilliant so yeah. look, diving back in this bin um which just happened to be randomly here there's a. Uh, this is very interesting, actually. It says you always seem to be in such a good mood. I can vouch for that, <laughs> sir. I've never seen this guy not smiling. But I'll, you must have had some tough times. T- tell us about your worst day and 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 what lessons you learned from it. Oh, so being in a good mood. And I ignore think... your team looking at the wind through the window right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so they're, be, they're, they're having be, a good laugh out be, there. Be, being being in a good uh, mood, I think I've got this from my father. I've inherited it. Yeah. So I've always seen seen him in a good mood. So, and being through tough times, oh my God! I remember I have slept in my office. Uh, I remember uh, that I've had sleepless nights. I remember that uh, you know thinking when you slept that in your office, it's not because you've pied so hard and you didn't go home. No, no, it wasn't that. It wasn't like that. It wasn't okay. like that. I've I just I just crashed. I was like my eyes were hurting. And I was working continuously in Manchester. Laptop. In Manchester, yes. Okay. So things things do not appear to be you know from the outside. You can always see me smiling and you know do the. But being an entrepreneur, I can tell you. And Suresh, you also you know you started your own company. You run your own company. You 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 might well understand. It's it's quite challenging being an entrepreneur. It can be a challenge. Yeah. It it can do. be lonely. That's why me and Robert we <laughs> have these. 
therapy sessions called Fintech Unplugged. <laughs> shh, shh. Doesn't know about them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, one day you sh- we should get you on Fintech Unplugged. I yeah, think yeah, you'd be, I think you'd you'd be like great it. on Why that. not? Why not? Yeah. I love talking anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and smiling. Smile. So, so, linked to that, have you ever come out of a business meeting and thought, I wish I'd never worn that? Worn well, that? It, that's what it says on the paper. Look. Uh, I think I always dress very smart, to be honest. I dress in nice suits and everything, so I won't say that. But yes, I have come out of a meeting saying I wished I would not have parked my car right in front of the door because they just towed my car away. That's not good. <laughs> yes. That would have taken the smile off your face for a few seconds. <laughs> yes, I think. And yeah. you love your cars. I love my cars. Yes. You know that. If you start a conversation with Robert, he'll talk to you about his new Ferrari. He's just... Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, we, we, we like our cars. Yeah, right. Suresh is still using his scooter, but hey, it happens. I know what Suresh loves. <laughs> he, he's told me once, I think, you love your Teslas? I do like Teslas. Yeah. I do. Ah, yeah. Yeah. He's very eco-friendly. <laughs> he's an eco-warrior underneath all that. Tesla is exterior. not for me, trust me. It's, I, uh, if I define Tesla, I'll yeah. say it's a lion without a roar. Line with that, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's still got the bite, it just doesn't have the raw. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Although, Asim, you say that I do remember when you were putting yourself up for an award or you were entering something, there was a picture of you where I think you were nominating yourself for on the advisory board of the EPA, or there was something like that. Oh, yeah, yes. the rabbit dress. And then I said to you that, like, Asim, you don't normally wear the whole arabic attire with the headscarf and all of these things and you're trying to associate yourself in the uk with all these people that are going to vote for you and they're thinking am i voting for some arab guy that lives in saudi arabia and then quickly the picture the photo changed yeah obviously you are you you are my non-exec director all right (laughs) so so you were you were at that time my non-exec so obviously you're going to advise me on that (laughs) And what do you think? That's what that's what you are there for. So, Come on. So, so what do you think of uh, Suresh's green mankini he's got on today? I mean, it's it's it's, it's very tight up the um, up the back, and I, I I I keep telling him I don't think green in his color. I mean, <laughs> are you preparing for Christmas or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a Christmas tree, in there. We know you have roots in Manchester. Is using your surname as a first name a tribute to Morrissey from the Smiths? Oh my God! Do you even know Morrissey? No, from the I, 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 I don't know Morrissey the Smiths, and I, I really don't know what. I really don't know the difference. So you will find me a lot of time asking my director, Mahmood, when I'm filling in an application form. You know how they say first name, surname, yeah. last name, given second name. Given, name. given name and, and chosen name. And chosen name. And I would have to ask every time, Mahmood, which, so do I write Asim in my surname or do I write Asim, you know, as my so last... on your passport, what's your surname? So on my passport, my surname is Asim. And what's your first name on your passport? Mohammed. And what is your business card? My, so my actual name, how I would, how it's written, is Muhammad Asim, because if people call me, actually call me Asim, and I've I've come up with a personalized brand for myself and a personalized website that says the uh, callmeasim.com. Callmeasim.com. Yeah, callmeasim.com, and and you know I've got and my marketing team has also introduced a hashtag called hashtag callmeasim. 
So what is this website and what is it for? So the website is because uh, I've been involved in so many roles. The challenge that I was facing is how to stay connected with the team members, how to stay connected with you guys, you know. Every time I change a role, start a new business, I've got a new email ID, yeah, yeah. new postal address. And I think right now it's right time for me to work on my personal brand. I've achieved a lot. I've had a few successes. I've, had, I've wanted to consolidate all that and put it in a website where people can approach me for a new role, for advice, for consultancy, or anything like that. It's one step above your LinkedIn profile and social profile. And a lot of uh, you know public speakers, I see them doing it very regularly. That's great. So I guess you guys should also. So maybe Suresh should have a call me Vajani. .com. <laughs> he might get the wrong visitors. Yes. Yeah. So I've been called worse. <laughs> Alluding to, you said you had a number of successes. What 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 did you do before Mark Millions? What 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 were your successes before that? What, what, I how did you? I started my career when yeah, I was yeah. uh, in finance industry when I was just seventeen years old. And the job that I had to do was actually to pick up bags of cash from bank and move it into a money exchange shop. So I was a rider. I used to go out and buy. Sounds bikes. very, very dangerous. Very Sounds dangerous. Sounds like you're the type of person and, someone would like to and mug. And this was in the country that actually had 42 degrees or 45 degrees in the summers. Wow. And you were carrying around bags of cash. Bags of cash. With, without uh, an anti-stab vest on, a bulletproof <laughs> jacket. You are probably richer Just, then than now. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and you know what? You will not realize money is bloody heavy. Yeah, so you know, you never realize that, you know, if you give someone 100 bundles of hundreds, he will not be able to run a mile with it. It's so heavy. Wow. It doesn't, it looks like a piece of paper and paper is supposed to be light. But you know, joint. So you're like running with a few encyclopedias. Yes, that's uh, so. That was a good start. So that's career. how I started my career. Then I moved into uh, business development, and you know, growing up to uh, to the position of managing director in that company, I uh, multiplied you know revenues many fold, created hundreds of new outlets for the that financial institution, and then I moved to Dubai, mm -hmm. created a successful financial institution there, sold it, then again uh, I created a event management company. Uh, then I became a finance director in that event management company. Then I sold that company as well. So I've had a few companies. So what's the, the longest you stayed at any company? Uh, I'm still uh, a non-exec at one of my family businesses back home. Right. So I would say that company is still owned by my family and has got, uh, I've got, you know, personal interest and I've, I fully advise them on a regular basis. So I would so, say I'm still attached to them. Basically. So we, we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to our show. People that are entering fintech, thinking about starting their own companies in the payment space. What advice do you have from them, from the learnings you have? And I, and I warn you, we have 20, 30, maybe even 40 listeners. I was lucky. I got out in the right time. But if a new entrant is going into the market, the big question you need to ask yourself, will you be able to make revenue in the first two years of business? But if they're looking in, they're looking to start. What advice? You know, when you were starting up, you know, I know that you made a lot of good, good decisions and bad decisions. Mm. You learned from them. What advice would you give if you met tomorrow somebody totally new? They want to enter the fintech space. They want to launch their company. What advice do you have for them? I think uh, I would, I would suggest them that 
no company works with one man show you need a team and never uh, believe that you can do everything you can do everyone's job you can be you know good at one thing but obviously you cannot be ace at every trade so find your team find the right people that you need to make your business successful and then go for it don't start you know jumping into stuff and say i'll i'll cover everything you'll run out of time and by the time you've realized you've wasted your time and money and energy and have not achieved anything and anything specific to finance fintech you know because I, I would say in the early days of arrow money mark millions you you kissed a lot of frogs and then you were hoping that they would turn into princes and some worked some didn't but what are your learnings in that uh not recently what i actually do is when you're choosing a partner whether you're small or big don't be scared to ask them references ask them that give us a reference of a live client that you are working with speak to their cto speak to their ceo speak to their directors and ask them how is your experience working with abc and then choose your partners because fintech you know it's it's a combination of a lot of partners that come together to make that i think one of the issues with that is i agree with you i think it's very valuable but the problem is if if you ask them for references they will speak to the companies giving you the references so they're obliged to give you a good reference so i think you're right but i think the truth is that you probably want to get independent references because if it's independent then it's not like oh i i know that i've been told to speak to you about one of my partners and i have to tell you good stuff because otherwise if i tell you bad stuff it will get back so i think i think you're right the references are so valuable in in but in a way of getting them trying to get them independently possible because otherwise it's like saying someone's going to call you and they're going to ask you about us so you're obliged to say good things i, I can i can tell you from what i personally would do yeah so if i'm working with a company and i if someone really calls me to ask for a reference i would definitely tell all the positives but i think it is my duty to let them know the challenges that i've been through with that company i think if i'm if someone calls me i believe it's my duty and i would expect other people professionals like us to do the same and i think all professionals do the same they, they they're honest so um uh, i know that okay i assume i've got something to confess we have been recording this um there is a microphone here <laughs> he wasn't just pleased to see you that is a mic in his pocket and uh and you know i mean you don't need to worry about anything you've said you know i'm sure look if we don't hear from your lawyers i'm assuming it's okay <laughs> oh i'm uh, you know i'm seeing a big check you 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 writing a big check to me <laughs> drink the vodka then we'll recall <laughs> why not why not yeah. but no thank you very much i do you've been very candid i think we've had some great laughs <laughs> and uh, yeah it's congr- lovely to see you over here in manchester it's it was a great surprise to be honest uh, so Thank you for your time Asim. Thank you for coming. And uh, it's been a pleasure as always. Yeah, and now you can let that queue of people in here. <laughs> to open yeah. their accounts. Yeah. Fintech Unplugged is available for download on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast and TuneIn. So please subscribe today and remember to give us a 5-star rating.